0: Hello and welcome to Yearbook Chat with Jim. This week, we're doing something a little different. This episode was recorded live at the JEA NSPA National High School Journalism Convention in Chicago. I had the pleasure of speaking with Brenda Field from Glenbrook South High School, who is the chair of the convention and who is also the current JEA HL Hall National Yearbook Advisor of the Year. I also spoke with Bradley Wilson from Midwestern State University who helps run the JEA Photo Contest and who is the editor of CJET, the JEA Magazine. Bradley is an expert in all things photography. And my final guest was Christy Porcelli from Plant High School in Tampa, Florida. She recently received her third crown award from the Columbia Scholastic Press Association and who is another of the fine young yearbook advisors who are leading their students to do exciting new work. Enjoy.
1: You're listening to the Walsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network. Okay.
0: Hello, everybody. Like to welcome you to our live podcast. I'm still waiting for my first guest to arrive, but uh, we'll go ahead and get started anyway. So, welcome everybody. Having a good convention so far? Yeah, all right. Doing lots of fun stuff. Glad to hear it. Glad you all could be here. I just texted my first guest, but why don't we? Uh, I'll bring up my third guest first. Might as well have her come up and we'll. Go ahead and get started. Christy Porcelli, let's give her a big hand. Well, my first guest is Christy Porcelli. First of all, I am Jim Jordan. I'm a special consultant for Walsworth Publishing, and we got this great idea a few months ago to start our own set of podcasts, and our first podcast Um, The first one in the yearbook world was done by Mike uh, Simmons, and he's going to be having a podcast at 10 o'clock, a live podcast as well. You want to check into that a little bit. Um, But we decided to have our own at Walsworth, and I have mine called Yearbook Chat with Jim. And then Mike Taylor has his podcast called Ask Mike. And you can find these on the Walsworth Podcast Network or anywhere you get your podcasts. So we decided to take a shot and try to do this live podcast thing here at JEA. And got a couple of great guests for you. And my final guest was gonna be Christy. And to introduce her to you, we have some fun facts about her. Are you ready for Christy Porcelli fun facts? All right, you get to guess which one is correct. Christy grew up on A, a hog farm, B, a parrot farm, or C, a safari park, okay? Let's make a little noise, crowd, so we can hear you on the podcast. Yay, let's say something Ready? yeah. Yay, so what do we think? What do we think is the correct answer? The correct answer is B, a parrot farm. Tell me a little bit about the parrot farm.
2: My mother randomly got her hands on a bird and then decided she really liked birds and it went from one pet parrot to over three hundred breeding pairs of exotic birds that had made us move from Kentucky to Florida where it was warmer and better for some exotic parrots and she still does it today.
1: Oh
0: my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. Alright, here's another fun fact. Another Christy for Porcelli fun fact. Yes. Her son has a Star Wars. Toy collection with 2,000 pieces. (laughs) Has hair longer than she does. Or C, played a video game for 72 hours straight. Which do we think is correct? A. 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 The correct answer actually is B.
2: Although it could be A as well. I don't know. I've never counted. (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: And then our final question. So far, this is amazing. So far this year, she has read over 100 books. Over 200 books, (laughs) or over 300 books. Which do we think is correct? B. Correct answer is C. C. So tell us a little bit about...
2: I love to read. It's how I spend any of my free time. And I read, on average, a book a day. Really? Weekend days, summer days, it's three to four books a day. I'm just a really fast reader.
0: Like Evelyn Woods, speed reading. Do we (laughs) know that whole thing? We probably have to be old to know that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing. So this was her book last year, Just Maybe. Mm -hmm. Want to tell us a little bit about your book from last year?
2: Um, Last year, the kids wanted to embrace the whole possibility of what high school is, because everything you're doing, it's just maybe. Just maybe I make the team, just maybe I get the grade I want, just maybe I get into the college I want, and that's what they try to embrace with all of that, just all the possibility that high school entails.
0: And it just got a crown nomination? Yes, it did. And we found out that it's her third crown nomination in a row. yes. Well, what I, what I found out, well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what, what have been some of your keys to success as an advisor.
2: Um, I think a lot of it is the relationship. I've been lucky enough that all of my editors and I have had a great relationship together. And they want to do well and they want to succeed because of that relationship. And I think it really helps. They're able to come to me with their ideas and we can really hash it out and they can develop something as great as the just maybe in the past, the crowns before that as well.
0: Now, you're also really known for your organiz- how you organize your staff. I- I've worked with Christy and her staff off and on, and they are able... You know, how many of you are close to your first deadline? Close to your first deadline, yet? And we're kind of panicking about actually having pages due, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Christy, every time I see her, like an- even in October... She has volumes and volumes of work done by her students. Mm-hmm. How do you organize them to get so much work done so early?
2: I'm really lucky at our school. We have a, what best would be described as a JV program. Oh. So I'm able to t- take a whole year where they're not having to actually make much for the yearbook. They do make the club pages. But for them to learn. So they learn photography. They learn design. They learn all of it without the stress of having to publish it. Yeah. Then the next year they can jump right on staff. They don't need to be trained. They just spent a whole year training. Oh. So where a lot of people have to spend that whole first semester really or first quarter really training their staff. Yeah. Mine hits the ground running. Yeah. Oh so. my goodness.
0: Yeah. So they're they're doing high-level work <laughs> right from the get-go.
2: Right from the get-go. Yeah. We don't have that lag of training at the beginning. Um camp is immensely helpful in them getting everything set and ironed out but then by the time we've made it to elite these past couple years it's been set and we've already had lots of spread so it's only fine-tuning at that point
0: so tell us a little bit about i know you don't want to reveal anything your theme or anything but but tell us a little bit about how this year's book's going
2: this year's book is amazing um (laughs) for lack of a better word the editors for it um, when this year's done, will have been with me personally for seven consecutive years as oh my, my students. So That makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. The work they're able to do after seven years of us together for two, three hours a day um, has made, it's insane what they've been able to produce because of that.
0: Wow. And how big is your book?
2: Um, roughly 500 pages.
0: Roughly five hundred pages. Yes. That's amazing. That's I guess that's why you have to have such get such a great yeah, start. Yeah,
2: you have to start off because we have we've tweaked our deadlines a little bit, but it's usually about a hundred pages a month that we have to be able to submit oh to keep on schedule.
1: Oh my
0: goodness, I can't even imagine doing a book that size. <laughs> well, I see my other guests okay. have arrived, and then they are like big wigs at the convention so Ooh. we want to be sure we get them back to doing the work that they really want to do yes. so thank you thank so much you. for being on your book <laughs> chat with Jim and we'll call up Brenda yeah come one up Brenda we have nice <laughs> stairs there I guess we I'm having a little microphone issue so we both kind of have to talk right here sure so Brenda from Glenbrook South High School she is the convention chair for this amazing convention And I think we should start by giving her a huge round of applause, yay, for taking on this task. Well, like with Christy, I have some interesting facts about Brenda that we're gonna bring up here. In college, we have to guess which one's correct. In college, Brenda was on A, the sailing team, B, the debate team, or C, the chess team. What do we think? A, the sailing team. Anybody for the chess team? Yeah, okay. Debate team. <laughs> Actually, the the truth was the sailing team. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your sailing career.
1: Sure. So I roomed with someone who was a sailor, and she decided that she really needed me to sail with her because I'm kind of tall, and it's good leverage when you're sailing a small boat. So I got involved with that, and I've always loved the water, and it just became something I did pretty much every weekend, traveling to different colleges and
0: do you continue to sail much now? As
1: much as I can. All right. Well, that's yeah, cool. Chicago has an incredible opportunity for that. Obviously, Absolutely. With the lake. So. All right.
0: Well, here's another yeah. little fun fact. We'll kind of get moving through Hedys quickly. She currently lives. Where does she live? She lives in Wrigleyville. We all know where that is, right? Where the baseball stadium is. She lives in her grandparents' farmhouse. Or see, a 90 minute drive for school. What do we think? See? I hope it's not, see. Well, it is her grandparents' farmhouse. So you live out in the country because your school's in suburbia, isn't it?
1: Sort of. It used to be the country. When I was a kid, we would go up to my grandparents' house and call it the country. It is now, the, indeed, the suburbs. Um, so it's a farmhouse in the middle of the suburbs, and it's kind of this little enclave of kind of, you know, historic homes. And how old so is
0: the farmhouse?
1: Over 100 years. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, I think it was built in 1890, so. And how many, yeah. do you have
0: two kids? Do you? Have, I do. Yeah, yeah. Kids. I met him last year when you got the Yearbook Advisor of the Year. Yeah. So last, Brenda loves gluten-free food. I think that's Cindy Todd, not you. <laughs> uh, bacon or spicy food? What do we think?
2: See?
0: Spicy food. Yay. Woo! So tell us about what you like to eat best, oh Thai gosh. food or um, Mexican? Yes, or?
1: Thai, definitely. I put sriracha on everything. Um, I'm actually not a huge jalapeno fan, so the spicy, I'd prefer, yeah, the Thai sort of route.
0: Cool. Yeah. Like, have you ever been to like a super hot, tight place where it will like burn your mouth out? Know? I have. Yeah. So, last one. Brent is currently the queen of Chicago. I think she is running this convention. <laughs> a woman with all the answers. And national yearbook advisor of the year. Actually, I'm going to put her down for all three oh, of those. Okay. So, so let's. This was your book last year. Tell us a little bit about your yearbook advising experience. What you how big is your book and how did this sure. theme come about It's sure. one of the crown nominees too
1: sure um, well so our book is actually this book was 500 pages so I feel your pain <laughs> I know what it means to advise a big book um so it was um I was really really proud of this staff um they worked together incredibly well I think um in my 23 years of advising it's I think one of our strongest books. So
0: 23 years of mm-hmm. advising, amazing. I loved it. It's just what they did graphically was fantastic. So talk to us a little bit about being the convention chair. How do you get roped into doing this? Why do you do this? How did it all come together?
1: Sure. So, well, I'm the Illinois State Director and I'm also part of the Illinois Journalism Education Association board of directors. And so I- Definitely was, <laughs> didn't raise my hand when they said, you know, who, who needs to be the local chair. I wasn't necessarily looking for it, but um, it was something that they wanted me to do, so I said, okay. And
0: what, we'll is, that, it. what is your position so, at Dale? What did you
1: have to do? Um, I mean, it's really, it's a lot of, you know, sort of delegating and, and making sure that all the moving parts are moving in the directions they need to go. Um, certainly, I could not have done this without an incredible team. Yeah,
0: how many so, people are on your team?
1: I have 52, 42. Forty-two
0: people, mm-hmm. people. and mm-hmm. how? What are the final numbers? Do we know what the final numbers are? Yet? Um,
1: we are officially the second, as of right now. Although on-site registrations are still coming in, we are officially the second-largest convention JEI has NSPA has ever hosted. So, and the,
0: the first one was in Washington DC. So time ago. I, the
1: latest number I heard, I think, was sixty-three sixty or yeah. something like that, somewhere in that neighborhood. Can
0: can mm-hmm. you tell? Why did it take us so long to come back to Chicago?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure.
0: Because I've been, this is my fifth Mm -hmm. Chicago convention, Mm -hmm. and everyone has been Mm -hmm. unbelievably Mm -hmm. amazing because your city is so beautiful. It is. Um, but it's taken so long to come back, so yeah. I hope we can come back sooner. I hope so too. Are they looking for the? It's in the hundredth anniversary of JEA. I mean, of NSPA is coming up, or is it JEA? Um, maybe we'll be back then.
1: I hope so. so. I hope so, and I hope everyone is getting out to see the city. I'm so excited that the weather has held up. <laughs> you never know what you're getting in late October, early November in Chicago, but the city really brought it, and the fall colors are amazing. And it
0: is amazing. Yeah. So one more journalism question. Tell me how you became an advisor and why. Do you uh, do other publications or just yearbook? Or
1: um, As of now, I'm only the yearbook advisor, and actually that has been the case for my entire career. I had an undergraduate major in journalism, so when I did my student teaching, it was a dual English and journalism assignment, and it just so happened that the first opportunity that came up was a yearbook assignment, and I fell in love with yearbook and
0: Same school the whole time?
1: No, not the same. I was at another school for five years, and I've now been at Glenbrook South for 18.
0: Oh, my goodness. And for some of the advisors out there, what words of advice might you give them to have the same success that you have?
1: Sure. Um, Come to conventions like this. So that is the first thing. Um, I would say that the number one thing that has helped me sort of build my staff and continue to learn has been networking with with other advisors, going to sessions, um, reaching out So even if you can't come to an actual convention, um, there are great resources through the JEA curriculum. And, um, of course, you know, if you're a yearbook advisor through your yearbook companies. Um, But I I think the most important thing is reaching out because so often as advisors and even as students on publication staffs, it feels like no one else in your building gets what you do. Um, Or maybe there's just one other publication that sort of, you know, understands what you do. And so... There's this world out here, obviously, within scholastic journalism of people who get it. And that's so needed. There's so much that goes on um, as student journalists and as advisors that is hard. It's rewarding, but, right, admit it, it's it's hard, too, and, and we need that support system.
0: Absolutely. So. I have 35-year I friends that mm-hmm. you met at conventions, and you can For still sure. continue to be yep. involved and active yep. and talk during the year yep. and all those things. So. Yep. One more thing. What is it meant to be the yearbook national? You're the, you're the current national yearbook advisor of the year. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Um,
1: I mean, obviously, it was a huge honor. Um, I was. Um, I'm very honored and and you know flattered to to um, be recognized in that way. I I've had an incredibly supportive situation at my school, um, and that makes all the difference it in makes the world. All the in and the world it's afforded me opportunities to get involved and to um you know work at workshops and conventions and things like that so um so absolutely it means a lot to me That's and great. it was quite an honor
0: yeah well great well congratulations yeah. again we want to get you back to your meeting you yes. took some time out let's give her a great big hand for taking time to be with us thank you. and thanks for coming and being on your book chat with you well
1: thank you for having all me all right take Appreciate care it. all right
0: bye-bye thanks again and our final guest, we have to get him back to doing his thing, too, is Dr. Bradley Wilson. Come on up, my friend. Good morning. How are you doing? Living the dream. Living, Living the, the dream. dream. That's what we want to do here. So we have some more Bradley fun facts. And uh, Bradley is Mr. Photography. There are other people that claim that, but I'm going to give him the title for today anyway. All right. The so there's 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. How are we doing on time over there? We're all right. All right. So what did Bradley do in his past life? He worked building houses for 10 years. He worked saving lives in EMS healthcare for 20 years. Or he traveled as a professional photographer for eight years. What do we think is true? B is true. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you've done so many different things.
3: I have. Um, I was living in a small town in Texas, and it was easy to get bored on weekends, and I saw this sign that said, hey, come and get involved in EMS. I had a degree in biology, I said, what the heck? And my very first call was a CPR save, and then I kept it for 22 years, so. Oh my
0: goodness. Now, where did you go to high school?
3: Westlake High School in Austin, Texas.
0: And who is the advisor then?
3: Pat Britton was my advisor, yeah. Tuck Blythe was before that, yeah. and John Kutzinger came the year that yeah. I left.
0: Oh, he, so, oh, that's how that works. Okay. He was Mr.
3: Pica in Arkansas, and he moved to Texas.
0: So. I remember those days. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I still have a little
3: Mr. Pica piece of paper that he signed there, when a, I uh, came to ILPC in Austin. So
0: he's even older than you are. He is. <laughs> that's he is. funny. All right, another, We still call him Johnny, though, right? We still call him Johnny right. Boy. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Another little fun fact. He has his Ph.D. Did you know that? That's exciting. Is it in education? How many vote for education? Is it in photography? How many vote for photography? I guess we're in a lively crowd out there. <laughs> and how many public administration? Oh, the Bradley Wilson fans know these facts. So it's it is in, the bio in somewhere. It is in public information. So, Tell us a little bit about why you picked that or public administration. How did that oh, work?
3: So I, I sort of decided when I uh, was working at a publishing company in Dallas that it was time to go back and work on my master's degree. And I knew I didn't want to do it in biology. And I didn't want to do it in journalism. And I kind of figured out or decided that there were groups of people that ruled the world. It was the lawyers, the doctors, and the administrators. I wasn't going to go to law school despite my professors urging. I didn't want to go to med school. And so I thought public administration um, gets you into the accounting side of things and the bureaucracy. I always tell people I have a PhD in bureaucracy. There we go. So I can relate with those administrators.
0: All right. Sounds good. And the last one, this is the most amazing fact. (laughs) Bradley plays the guitar. Do you think he plays the guitar? Do you think he plays the tuba? Or do you think he plays the flute? Which is Dr. Wilson known for? His tuba playing. And like, tell us a little bit about your, I didn't even know you had this music side to you. You really That's are the right crazy. brain.
3: That's the right brain. We yep. all gotta do something for our left brain. We yep. gotta do something for our right brain. Yep. Um, I started playing a community band straight out of college. And kept that up, actually, until pretty recently. Really? um, And played played in three different bands in Raleigh and was the president of one and did some guest conducting with one of them. And I missed that part of it, actually. We don't have those in Wichita Falls, Texas.
0: Oh, really? And that's where you are now. And what's your job now, exactly?
3: Now I'm an associate professor of mass communication at Midwestern State in Texas. Rebranded this past year as MSU Texas. Not to be confused with all those other MSUs around the country. I know, it's like so, Midwestern. Everywhere, I mean, what, yeah. Just
0: really crazy. All right, well, what I really had you here, tell me about your role in the convention. I know it's with photography, but tell everybody about what you do. Well,
3: there's really two things that I do here at the convention. One is, as my editor of the JEA magazine, I scope out future content for that magazine. So what are what sessions are students interested in? What sessions are advisors oh. interested in? um what's trending what's not trending what's you know yeah. um and then the second part is running the photo contest which is what keeps me busy it's what's going on right now we had uh we ex- actually tied with the highest number of entrants in the photo contest this year how many photos um, are in oh it was almost 900 photos by almost 400 photographers so it was, it was a lot. Um, for the first year ever, we didn't quite complete the critiques before the convention. So we found our limit. We've reached our max. So now the so people are
0: still up there now critiquing. And we they're judging you- now. So they're-
3: we do the critiques online. Um, so every single photographer gets a personalized critique from the critiquers. And then the judges are now sitting in a little room with no windows uh, judging them. So they'll find out... If- Tomorrow, Sunday, no, wow, wow. Whatever yeah. <laughs> it is. When do now. we when do we give out the write-off yeah. results? Yeah. The last day of the convention. They find out the last day of the convention
0: when the results are. And so how many superiors normally do you give? Does that is, it actually
3: it, averages out, so the most we can give is ten percent per contest. Oh. And I really push our judges to push that ten percent um, because I'm a kind of a believer in student recognition, and I keep telling like the judges this morning. On average, they eliminated 47% of the entrants in the critiquing, so they're only seeing half. Oh. Like, quit being stingy with the honorable mentions. Yes. And they've heard that about a million times today as we're eating our $12 muffins and
0: $50 gallons of coffee. So, so there you go. So what are some things that you've noticed in the good photos that you've seen? What are some some tips that you give to the photographers out there? Let's say
3: surprisingly consistent from year to year to year. Um, what... Well, we tell the entrants that what we want to improve are, move up close, follow the rule of thirds, and avoid backlighting. That's how many years have we been saying that, yes. right? They, And it doesn't matter what their device is, whether it's a cell phone or a $10,000 camera. Um, but the good entrants, the really good ones, the ones that you'll see superiors, and we put them up on the screen at the closing ceremony, um, all of the superiors get shown are those that are, are wow. They're just, you know, we're going through and... And you'll hear, it's kind of fun. I sit there and click through it, and even with the judges in the room, I'll hear an audible, or a wow, or a wow, that's really, you know, you'll hear something, and we'll keep coming back to those images over. Those are the ones that are going to get the superiors. Whatever that means.
0: How long has it been online? I mean, I remember the days when you had to print the photos and mat them. And, and then
3: we used to sit around in the hallways looking at prints. It was then, a nightmare, was yeah. A, and they would spend a fortune mailing those back to yes. Um, 2009, we moved online at as you were talking to Brenda, the largest convention JEA has ever had, Yep. maybe not the best time to move online so we learned a lot that year Um, and we've been polishing and refining the system ever since then so this is I think year 8 or year 9 for being completely online and within the next year we'll have the revamped system up with a new user interface, and oh. that's breaking news, by the way. You hear it. We're hearing You're it first. Jim, on right?
0: yearbook chat with Jim. That's right. right.
3: So we'll have a new user interface that is much, much better than the interface that we have now.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, my last question, just generally, you've seen a lot of scholastic journalism photos over the years. Are you saying I'm old. I think we're both old. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. So, what would you say? Are are the photo are the photographers getting better with the high end equipment? Are you seeing uh, more superiors as you look at these, you know, almost thousands of photos? Or are we seeing the same problems over and over again that existed even with darkroom kind of photography? Yeah,
3: actually, great question. And I think it's much more the latter. Um, I think we're seeing the same problems over and over again, exacerbated by the fact that everybody's got a camera. But the breadth of entries is greater. So we're seeing more contestants because there's no barrier to entry now, like... I won't right. say I won't say which contest it was but the uh, a photo that just won a superior I'm about 95% sure it was taken with an iPhone and that's awesome right because yeah. now the barrier to entry that's is so right. low that's and right. that person with an iPhone can win a
0: superior just as much as somebody from what's like high school or wherever. right well, that's awesome well would you one one last thing before I let you go can you reiterate those take go take them slow you went through last No time. I do talk those fast. three things that you'd like all photographers to remember they, that they can improve on
3: it's funny that you asked that by the way i i teach adult education classes i teach the same thing to junior high students as i do to the adult head move up close it is the one single thing that will improve the quality of your pictures and i teach move my, up close move up close and i teach Got my that? students to do it with their left zoom and their right zoom left zoom right zoom left zoom right zoom best way to move up close avoid Don't back do your legs right right leg. exactly for the
0: uh, radio audience right. here yeah
3: uh, avoid backlighting, so that is don't shoot into the light. Get the light beside you or behind you as the photographer. Okay. Um, and follow the rule of thirds. So get that subject out of the center of the frame. Easy. Uh, it seems but like they it. don't right. do it, do they? It right. seems like. It. Well, the, the number one would solve eighty percent of our problems, and that's hard. And I respect personal space, and I get it. And yesterday at the Pete Souza event, there was a photographer sitting at the back of the room, standing at the back of the room, and I stood up. Go oh, move up close. You can go anywhere in this whole room. And he took four steps forward, so finally I just went and grabbed him by the arm and walked him all the way up to the front of the room. And he was so nice, he came back and said thank you and shook my hand and said thank you. Like, so does this
0: mean you got in, room room. got in the room with Pete Souza? I did really, get in the room with Pete You were pizzas. not in this place. We're a little tough to I, hear him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, heard, I heard about that. I know. You know? Well, but you can with 6,000 people, you can only do so much. That's right.
3: And I'm a big Souza fan. He's a great guy.
0: He's a great He's guy. So did you get to make, get close, uh, close? He's
3: actually written an article for C.Jet for me before. So That's I awesome. worked with him several times. All the right.
0: Process. Great guy. Well, thanks t- so, for taking the time to be on your book chat with Jim Appreciate and it. go back up and work on the great photos. In my photos. little closed
3: room with no windows.
0: I know. And your $10 muffins. Right. All right. Well, Twelve. thanks very Twelve. much, Bradley. Thank you. All right. Well, everybody, I think we're about time. I want to thank you. We had a few little, a little glitches to start out with, but thanks for your patience. And stop by the Walsworth booth, and we'll give you some goodies. And we're so glad you were a part of your book chat with Jim. Have a great great rest of the day. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to your book chat with Jim. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment or email us, podcasts at Wallsworth.com. Thanks for listening. This has been a part of the Walsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network.